welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet. I'm your host, David Valliere. And today we're joined by Bill Brown to continue our series on estate planning. And uh, today we want to really do a deeper dive into sort of a category called special needs trusts. So, uh, Bill, welcome back to the show. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. Bill, you have this perspective with advanced planning, estate planning, and then you have uh, really a, a personal side to this category of special needs trust. What I th- thought we would do is, is kind of introduce this subject, if you will, to our listeners, and then maybe kind of break that down for them, and then maybe talk about the personal side, if that's okay with you. Well, that'd be fine. Glad to share. Thank you. So let's just start at the top. Special needs trusts, what are they? Help me to understand those. David, they're, they're basically special trusts designed to provide needs to a, a disabled beneficiary, and those needs can include housing, transportation, uncovered or extra medical services, can cover supplemental education services, supplies, furnitures, electronic items such as computers, televisions. They can provide for vacations or you know time away. They're really designed, David, to provide services to help the beneficiary enjoy the highest quality of life he or she can attain. Benefits are increased quality of life. What are some of the drawbacks? David, when assets are set aside in a, in a special needs trust, the lawyer that's drafting documents has to be really, really careful because if they're not drafted correctly, all the assets of the trust can literally be seized or taken by the government to reimburse government agencies for providing other services like basic health care. If a disabled person is, uh, let's say, in a nursing home or, or some setting such as that, and the government is providing Medicaid services to fund those, those benefits at the disabled person's passing death, the government can come in and seize the assets if the trust is, is not drafted in, in a very certain way. Okay, so really specific need to have uh, a legal professional that, or several Absolutely. legal professionals that really know what they're doing. That's good, yeah. good advice. So, and, and Bill, just as a, a quick aside, I, I know that uh, you know we're going to talk a little bit about your daughter Hannah, and I, I can hear the birds chirping in the background. I know you're on a family vacation out in the Seattle area, so. I just want to give our listeners a, a little feedback on, on why we hear the birds chirping. It sounds like it's a beautiful day out in Washington. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's bright early in the morning, and this uh, group of crows has decided to celebrate the, you know, the morning sunshine uh, with us. So. <laughs> they decided to join the episode with us. <laughs> yeah, they they in, indeed did. Yeah. Yeah, well, Sorry good. Well, that. thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you for joining us from your vacation. <laughs> we appreciate it. There's, a, there's several different types of special needs trust. Can you talk to me about those? We'll be very, very brief, David, because we're not lawyers here. And, and anyone right. needing a special needs trust needs to work with a qualified counsel. 
there are first party special needs trusts. This is where the disabled person creates a trust for his or her own benefit. This is one of those trusts where the government will say, yeah, you can put money aside and we'll not take it. And you can use it for all these incidentals that I just went through a minute ago, you know, housing, transportation, et cetera, et cetera. But at the death of that beneficiary, those monies are subject to government taking or seizure. You, know, you got to be careful with the use of a first party special needs trust, first party being the disabled person. Then you have a third party special needs trust. This is where, as an example, I can set up a trust for my disabled daughter. I'm setting up the trust for a third party. Typically, the, the third party uh, special needs trust can be discretionary. And in this kind of a trust, you don't necessarily suffer the, the consequences of the first party. Uh, special needs trust and a third party special needs trust is typically set up and is irrevocable. There's also a revocable third party special needs trust, David, that I can set up during my lifetime. I can fully revoke it at my death. It can then fund the needs of a special needs person such as my daughter. Fourth type would be what the literature would describe as the self-settled special needs trust. We've had experience with the latter two of these, both uh, the revocable third-party special needs trust and a self-settled special needs trust. The self-settled is when uh, the beneficiary has received some type of uh, a, win, a, a lottery win, as an example, or a lawsuit settlement where the, the funds go into the self-settled special needs trust. Once again, the government can take that money at the death of a disabled person. Tell us a little bit about Hannah. I personally have gotten to know her. She's a sweetheart. I hope she listens to this episode. Hello, Hannah. Uh, we, we hope you're having a great time out in Washington. Tell us a little bit about her and her situation. Well, Hannah was born with a malady commonly known as spina bifida, David, and uh, she's had a significant amount of health issues. She's had uh, 40-some operations. Her health is pretty stable these days. She is wheelchair-bound, paralyzed from basically the waist down. She's ventilator dependent because her lungs never fully de uh, developed. It sustains her life. When she was three and a half years old, she actually got a very severe case of influenza A. It's sort of timely because uh, influenza A in those days was taking a lot of folks' lives. She ended up in a coma for 10 days and had a huge problem. We didn't think she was going to survive. She did recover and lives a very joy-filled life. And uh, my wife, Barbara, and I want to make sure that she experiences life to the full. So we invested in a, an RV that has been converted to a special needs vehicle. It has a lift built into it. It's barrier-free. It provides for her needs. It's almost like a mobile hospital room in some ways, with the amount of equipment that we have to take along. But that's how we got out to Washington. We drove from our home state of Michigan. Her daily life is, starts with uh, you know, a couple of hours of care, quite intensive to get her lungs going, and it ends the same way. And in between, she enjoys interacting with people. You know, she, she loves doing FaceTime, and while she can't speak, uh, she signs and she communicates with uh, facial expressions and uh, is really quite uh, happy and, and joy-filled. From a personal standpoint, the, the times that I've interacted with her, she is definitely very full of joy and, uh, like I said, a sweetheart. Thanks for sharing that. I, I know that's very personal and, and I do appreciate it. 
I'm just sort of envisioning, uh, I know you and I have had conversations in the past about traveling with her on an airplane is very challenging. So I would imagine That's right. that, yeah, I would imagine that, that the RV is, is much more family friendly, Hannah friendly than, than air yeah. travel for sure. Well, we can pack it ahead of time as opposed to carrying it on a, on a flight. You can imagine carrying a ventilator, you know, various kind of machines to make her lungs work, yeah. <laughs> nebulizers and all kinds of stuff. And Hannah is as delightful as she is. She, she is unable to perform any function of daily living. So that all has to be done for her. And so, you know, well-appointed RV is, you know, we found to be very suitable and giving her a lot of, a, a lot of happiness to come out and visit her siblings and her uh, nephews that uh, live out here. We have uh, six grandchildren, five grandsons and a granddaughter, four of whom live out here in Seattle. That's wonderful. I would imagine this happened very early, but when did you begin considering a special needs mm. trust for Hannah and your family? Well, it was kind of a whirlwind uh, first couple of years of her life. She was in and out of hospitals and having surgeries and all this stuff. And we didn't really deeply contemplate it until, sadly, a healthcare worker injured her. She uh, put her in a scalding hot bath and Hannah suffered uh, severe burns. The long and short of that is, is Hannah received a, a modest lawsuit settlement for that. And we put it into one of these self-settled special needs trusts. And we used that to you know, really help her with education. We got her into horseback riding. We got her into music lessons. After, I don't know, six or seven years, it was fully depleted. But that gave us our, really our first deep dive into special needs trust. Since that time, my wife, who is a lawyer, has you know, gotten into it very deeply, getting certified in uh, different areas of estate planning and continuing to uh, pursue that through elder planning, closely related to special needs trust and special needs trust planning. She's principally familiar with the laws in the state of Michigan, opposed to the other 49 states, but it was at a fairly young age. Hannah's uh, now 24, she'll be 25, uh, Lord willing, in November. So it's been a, kind of a long road, and our estate planning documents include these special needs trust provisions that will make sure that if Hannah survives us, then she'll be well taken care of. And you've mentioned some of this in the conversation, but if, if we could just get real specific on how the trusts have helped you, how they've helped your wife, Barbara, Hannah, to make sure that she's got the highest quality of life possible. Well, again, things such as our, our home has been fitted for Hannah's needs. Uh, now, we, we did not use a special needs trust to provide any of the accoutrements of our home, nor frankly, the RV. But our estate planning documents are, are quite specific that our estate is basically intended to first provide special needs benefits for Hannah. Our adult kids are family trustees of that trust. They all agree with this philosophy and they are discretionary in nature. And at the point of our, our deaths, they become irrevocable. So there's, this is the classic third party special needs trust, David, where Hannah's uh, housing, transportation, uh, any uncovered medical services, any uh, supplemental educational services, right down the list of that which has been codified in the state of Michigan. So the, the trust basically 
spells out all these things that the, the trustees are allowed to pay out for Hannah's benefit on a discretionary basis. I say discretionary, it's, that's very important in the trust design because if they were mandated to be delivered to Hannah, that could put the, the corpus of the principal of the trust at risk because she does receive a fair amount of government benefit from her medical needs, like for medication and hospitalization and, and doctor care. All these other services that we intend to provide her for a lifetime are, are provided on a discretionary basis instead of a mandatory basis to preserve the rest of the capital for our other three children and, and, and their kids. Okay, so really this trust is to increase quality of life during your lives, during her life, and make sure that she's cared for, and it sounds like she needs full-time care, make sure she's cared for should she she continue to live beyond your lives. She does require nursing care. As an example, when we're away with her on vacation, we don't have any of that care, and we really come to appreciate immensely what the team of nurses that we have does for Hannah. It's about two and a half hours in the morning and about two hours or so in the evening just to care for her medical needs. So if, if Barbara and I pass away, we want to make sure that there's money to provide that same kind of nursing care, but it would be 24-7. So a big chunk of the special needs trust is designed to provide for that ongoing nursing care. We do not really want at all for her to go into a nursing home setting. We've seen that. We've investigated. We've done a deep dive. She would, I, I think, not thrive in that environment because the only kind of nursing home that could serve her specific medical needs uh, would be really a, a specialized home for the aged. Maybe she becomes uh, aged at one time, but she's, she's not even 25. And if, if we were to die young, you know, we want to make sure that the home that we've built for her uh, is still available for her and staffed with healthcare. And so that's a big chunk of the planning that we've done on the special needs trust. Yeah, that's a, a lot to be concerned about. And and I'm thinking about just trying to put myself in your shoes. There's a lot to think through. You've articulated some things that are already concerning for you. What else concerns you now as you think about Hannah's well-being and, and the, the trust that you guys have structured? We certainly don't want any of the, the trust structure, the, the benefits provided under the trust to compromise any of the benefits that she's eligible for. You know, we don't want her eligibility for health care to be taken away because there's this trust for her benefit. So that's a that's a principal concern. And on the other side of that coin, at, at her passing, if our other kids survive her, we don't want government agencies to seize the assets of the trust and really deprive our other heirs of our estate. So those are the two sides of really the same coin. We don't want to compromise her benefits. And at the same time, we don't want to provide too much of a benefit to her to compromise our kids' benefit of our estate. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very delicate dance. Statement that you make there, I'm, I'm reflecting on clients of ours who you know, are concerned about, and you've mentioned this earlier, but concerned about elderly parents. And there's, there's that same yeah. very delicate, you know, we have these assets, we don't want to deplete them making sure that their estate plan, their trusts are set up properly. It's, it's a very delicate dance that requires 
from my perspective, knowledgeable legal people. We're seeing more and more the early onset debilitating maladies, such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or different degenerative diseases and folks that have family members or they themselves that are suffering with these diseases, boy, they, they really, David, ought to go see a qualified specialist, elder law planning or special needs trust planning. It would really, really be wise for them to do that because they don't know what they're up against when it comes to all these moving parts. And as you say, the, the delicate balance, this razor's edge of delivering the benefits that are needed while not compromising what you really want in, in your goals and objectives for those that survive. So on that note, I think it'd be really helpful for listeners who do have a need here to be able to reach out to you as a resource. I know that you know a ton of people in Michigan, but as you mentioned, there's 49 other states and we do serve clients all across the country. But if they're looking for legal help, we're happy to refer them to quality people. If they want to reach out to you or anyone on the Synergy team, can you tell them how they can get in touch with you? Absolutely. Hello at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com would be one way. And then certainly our website, www.SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. We would uh, welcome all inquiries and and try to be as as much help as we possibly can. Great. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate your time today. And and anytime we share family stories, it's sensitive. So thank you for giving me the permission to, to share that today. Well, you're welcome. Glad to do it. And for listeners, just a quick update for you. Bill mentioned SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. Our website is being refreshed. Your financial planet will eventually be added to our website. So please check the new refreshed website. And thank you for listening. As always, please subscribe and share. And once again, I'm David Vallier, your host, and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergize Your Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.